On this episode of Survival Dispatch News, we're going to talk about bugging in versus bugging out and when is the appropriate time for each. This Survival Dispatch video is brought to you by Nutrient Survival. Nourish your body, power your mind. And we're back with Survival Dispatch News, and we have an absolute star-studded panel today for you to talk about bugging in versus bugging out. But before we get to that, if you're new here or you haven't done so yet, make sure you get down there and click that like and subscribe button. Click the bell icon next to it to get notified every time we upload new content here on Survival Dispatch. Now, as I promised, I've got an absolute all-star panel today. We've got Chris Heaven, the CEO for Survival Dispatch. We have my good friend, Mike Sterling, who likes all things that go boom. We've got Jeff Nicholas, a former combat pilot. And we've got Elvis Ray, who I'm going to let introduce himself here in a minute because his list of accolades are longer than I can remember. But to give it to you short, guys, we've got almost 100 years of military experience combined here on the program today. So this is going to be a really good one. You're in for a treat. Now, Chris, I want to start this off with you because I think there's a lot of confusion in the prepper community about what bugging in is versus what bugging out is. So give us an, uh, kind of just a general overview of what that is. Well, I mean, when the shit hits the fan, you have two choices. Do you have a bug out location, you know, to get out of Dodge? And if you don't, you know, are you prepared to bug in? Do you have enough supplies? I mean, that's at the highest level, the simplest way of stating it. No, it's, it's really good, and uh, I think that really kind of sums it up. Now, you had some things that you wanted to talk about, uh, you know, some some misconceptions here in the prepper community you wanted to address. Well, I mean, it's, it's larger than bugging in or bugging out, but we've noticed a pretty distinct pattern in the comments, and I'll, I'll get through this as quick as I possibly can. Two plus two equals four. That's an absolute. But very few things in life are absolute. So, we see a lot of people, you know, spewing vitriol in the comment section saying there's only this one way to do this and it's mm -hmm. their way. And they're not recognizing that other people have different circumstances where it's not applicable. So I plan on bringing this topic up, this, you know, uh, myopia that seems to afflict our community uh, because not everybody's circumstances are the same. Not everybody is going to, you know, benefit the same way from a solution that benefits that person. One quick anecdotal example. We had somebody comment on our last video that we did on the, the nuclear simulation that Mike laid out for us. And the person was very adamant that we should stay in the area, not try to leave the area, and just go to places that have basements. Okay, so here's what I've got to say with that. Good luck in Central and South Florida finding places with basements, especially enough to house, you know, millions and millions of people here, here in Florida. So that's all I've got to say on that. Just keep in mind that other people's circumstances vary from your own and be respectful in the comment section in that regard. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously someone's been watching the New York PSA way too many times uh, with the uh, get inside, sit down, shut up and wait for the TV to come on. Uh, so, uh, yeah, definitely. all is well. Remain Everything, calm. Everything's fine. Just ignore the mushroom cloud. It's all good. And if you guys haven't seen that video from Monday, make sure you check it out. I'm going to put it in the annotation here. That's a great one. Now, uh, let's let's talk. Uh, Elvis, let's get your introduction here. Tell us who you are and Let's talk about bugging in. What are some of the benefits of bugging in and why might you want to do that in a disaster situation? Well, thanks for having me, first of all, and I appreciate to be here. I've been wanting to be on this show for a long time, and uh, I'm finally glad we were all uh, getting a chance to meet up. So my background's in, uh, uh, I was in the Air Force and Security Forces for four years, and then after that, I shifted over into the Coast Guard, where I was uh, part of a special elite unit, which was uh, Tacklet North, and uh, we did a lot of uh, counter-narcotics and anti-terrorism tactics uh, throughout my career. Uh, after that, I got out because of the training that I received when the Coast Guard tran uh, transferred over to Homeland Security. I was able to become an anti-terrorism instructor for the Navy, and I did that as a contractor for about 10 years, and I technically still do it now uh, as an adjunct instructor, just so I can keep my clearances going and everything like that. But uh, from then on, I've started my own business, which is joint force contracting, and where I work with a lot of clients where, where we do everything from government procurement to uh, logistics, uh, and I handle everything from 
stuff that's going on here when it comes to hum humanitarian aid to going overseas in places like Ukraine and um, helping assist other NGOs uh, on gaining access to items that they need that are hard to find. So um, if you need anything like that, um, please feel free to look us up and I uh, appreciate that. But back to being on the show and when it comes to bugging out and bugging in. What I found that it's very complicated when it uh, when it comes to uh, when you have a small family, which uh, I have little ones. I have a nine month old, and a I have a two and a half year old. I got started late. I'm pushing fifty, and uh, my wife's younger than me, so better late um, than never. I always say, yeah. But uh, what you have to you have to take the small steps. You have to take the small steps, and you got to prepare your home first, and you have to prepare your surroundings, and then. What I've what I found works for me is that I have a tribe and my tribe is my family and my close ones. The close ones are my neighbors and uh, people that I can depend on and that we, we can rely on. Um, once you build that up, then at least you've got a, a somewhat of a perimeter around your area to where you need if you need to survive for the first three days of, of you know, when shit hits the fan or something like that. You have people and access of means and, and and things that you need. Now, there's the the common stuff that you have to prepare for. Um, it's all also depends on what the situation is. It depends on what are we experiencing. Is this a natural disaster, or is this uh, is this something bigger? Like um, you know, like when Russia comes and gets off the coast of Florida, and uh, a lot of people don't know this, but 12 miles out is international is considered international waters. And uh, a lot of time ago, uh, probably, what was it, at the beginning of the year, a lot of people don't know, but uh, there were Russian subs, and you could look this up, that were located in those international waters off the coast of Florida and along the East Coast for about a month before this war even started in the Ukraine. So just that just puts things in perspective on how close things can happen here real fast. So I'm going to leave it at that, and let's get to the real subject matter experts with the other guys on the panel. Oh, no, don't sell yourself short like that, Elvis. <laughs> that's, that's a really good point, and I think you really hit on something that was important there with getting that group together uh, to kind of surround yourself with like-minded individuals, or at least just to know your neighbors, and you right. know, you'd be like, hey, John, you know, what's going on? You guys uh, good over there? Everything all right? Uh, you know, Jeff, you obviously know about being in a tribe, being a, a Blackhawk pilot for many decades being in Mogadishu helping our guys get out of there uh, if you guys have ever seen the movie Black Hawk Down Jeff was there uh, what are your thoughts on this what are the benefits of bugging in versus bugging out well I think uh, there's a lot of thought that has to go into it and it's just like uh, you know what, what was just being said um, I, I think situation awareness is key and I think a lot of people and hopefully they're tuning into this because they want to be situationally aware I think it's a shame that I think I call most people Joe six pack and not situationally where they listen to the mainstream media. They sit in their couch and they drink six pack and order pizza and they think life is fine when, when they, when in all reality, we've been at war for some time, even though a lot of it is an information war, but there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes with a little digging. You can really kind of find out what's really in a, a broader, better picture of what's actually going on around the world. Um, you know, in aviation, uh, the best thing you could do if you had a downed aircraft is stay with the bird. You're not going to, you're not supposed to go around. So that would be considered bugging in. You consolidate your power. You you, you might, uh, if you're in a hostile or a friendly environment, uh, that would dictate a lot as well, if you have to E and E or not. So I think when it comes to the bugging in or bugging out, I think we talked about this last time, Chris, when we talked about urban you're not going to be John Wayne is a mythical figure from the movies. You're not going to John Wayne it out in an urban environment. You know, I don't care how many guns and ammo you have and all that. If you're a one man show, you're going to be over overrun pretty easily. If you're going to try to start shooting things out when we talked about that, the best way to do is just get out of Dodge. So I think depending on the situation, if you have a lot of public upheaval, the best thing to do is have a plan that you can go with the plan and know where you're going to go, not get out of Dodge and go like, all right, what now? Uh, I, I would say, by and large, I live out in the country, and, um, and I, we have our, our community, we have our people that we have that we are like-minded, that we support one another, and by and large, it's the people that are going to be leaving the cities that you need to be able to protect your assets, so I think bugging in is going to be, by and large, for most people, uh, 
you know, in an, uh, in a rural environment, how to survive. And I think the key to success, if you're bugging in is just be, you don't have to have Fort Knox. You just have to look less inviting than the people down, down the road. Right. Uh, and that doesn't take uh, a whole lot. You know, you don't need to have concertina wires surrounding your house and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, it looks like you've got a fire base from Vietnam days sitting outside your house. Right. Uh, I also think it, and, and I'll try not to say everything that I had in my mind because I got thinking about, I think a lot of it has to do with where you live. Uh, what is the political structure? You live in a Republican or Democrat state. What is your sheriff's ideas? Is he a constitutional sheriff? That if he is, you're not going to have to worry about him bringing his guys knocking on down all the doors, you know, ponying up to uh, what the leadership says for him to do. And I, and I think the political situation in your environment would, would dictate a lot what you're going to do. And then I think there's a spiritual aspect of things as well. I think you need to pray about stuff. I'm a big believer in that. I refer to the Bible as the SOP. You know, you get shot at enough, you become a believer <laughs> in oh, yeah. many ways. Uh, so I think that um, it's a totality of things that you put together to make a conscious decision. It's just like, uh, you know, with little kids or older family members, it could be the fact that you have an old um, uh, family member, a parent that is maybe or maybe a, a physically handicapped individual. That's going to um, depend a lot on what, what it is you're going to do. So there's a whole lot of things that have to go into that. And I, I just think being smart and being situational aware and have different uh, contingencies, you, you'll be ready to go. No, you hit on a lot of great points there. And I think, you know, the one that I kind of honed in on there was having a plan. I think this is the biggest thing that we need to talk about here today is having a plan for bugging out or bugging in. You need to know what you want to do. And I, I would, you kind of burst my bubble there. I, I was really hoping to break out the concertina wire, but I guess I'll have to keep that in the garage for now. Uh, you know. Hey, listen, break it out if you want, man. <laughs> you just become, just become a larger target, right? That's right. Fire drones. Yeah, just let me add, you know, right there's a lot of guys that they sit around, they look at videos. Oh, I'm just going to bug out. I don't think they have yeah. any idea what bugging out is. And I would say 98% of the people in this country do not have the skills to bug out because with the technology that's available to find you these days, unless you're willing to live in a cave and understand the, the terrain and stuff that you have to go to and what it's going to require for you to be totally stealth. Uh, most people don't have that within them. I, I, I'm 61 years old. I don't feel like doing that now. Right. You know, I, there's a lot of things that you have to take in consideration. So I'd say get away from the whole zombie apocalypse. We've got to go run for the hills kind of stuff. And I know Mike, Mike's not happy. There goes, there goes, there goes practice all the shooting. So, you know, so, you know and, and the thing is that John Wayne, you know, it, you know, at some point reality has to kick in, right? Common sense is still, uh, even though it's a lacking, especially in the leadership of this nation right now, it's still a commodity, right? If you have it, you're already better off. Man, just bursting bubbles left and right here. Uh, this, this is why we get these guys on here. But uh, Mike, let's be invited back. <laughs> no, no, I love this. This is spectacular. You're coming back for sure if you get the time. Mike, let's talk about building a bug out plan because, or a bug in plan or both, because this is so critically important. What do you think is the most important thing that goes into making a plan like this? So just like these two gentlemen, I, I come at this, uh, you know, we, we're, we're all looking at this from the lens of our, of our own, you know, personal experience. I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time in, in Afghanistan and Africa and, and uh, other places on some real tiny places, little ODA camps. Um, I mean, I was there when a couple of the little ODA camps down on the Paki border were established. Um, where, you know, one day nobody's there. The next day you're there. Uh, you know, when the sun comes up, hey, there's some Americans hanging out here. Um, you know, patrol bases, things like that. So that is a, you know, you're in a very tenuous position where you can be ejected from a place. And everything that goes into that is intelligence prep and planning. And the, the more tenuous your situation is because you ain't got support, in this situation, I don't think any of us can call an airstrike. Uh, none of us get helo support, and none of us have dust off on call. Well, I was hoping so, that I was hoping that Jeff could cover that for us uh, since he's done that before. Right, right. I well, will neither confirm nor deny that I have helo support. 
No, Jeff, you Jeff, you better spin them rotors up on that crash hawk, man. I'm um, we don't have to. We don't have to let everybody in on our bug out plan, okay? Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so you know, it it all comes down to you know, and and, and we've discussed heavily, um, you know, the, the the concept of of doing your own intelligence preparation for your area with Mike Shelby and the guys at Forward Observer. I mean, that is, that is key. The more you know, the better decisions that you're going to be able to make. So that's why we should all be working on that now. Um, and you know, it, it, at that point, you know what your threats are because the decision to bug out, um, that that comes down to basically two different situations or or two different not situations but two different um decision points one security okay if i cannot if if i can't even exit my house without somebody take taking pot shots at me if i you know if i'm in a in a say if i if i'm living in an apartment complex in suburbia and that's that complex is run by drug gangs that are now scooping up everything that they can get. That is a bad security situation. If, uh, like Elvis was saying, if you're in a, if you're in a, in a, in a, uh, a county who has got a, a totally corrupted law enforcement agency running around and they're basically a gang scooping up everything, um, yeah, that's a bad security situation, and you're probably going to want to displace if all of your neighbors have gone nuts, if there's riots, if they're burning stuff down around you. It's a pretty good indicator that it is time to leave. You don't want to leave, though. Mike, you just said that half of American democratically controlled cities around the country have to start moving now. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I kind of been preaching that That's for about it's pot shot central. I've been kind of preaching that since I was a kid in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, when you look at your own parents and go, you know, we really need to get out of here. Yeah, uh, when you, when you're eight. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's three three decision points. I'm sorry, I called out two. So security, environmental, and sustainability. So environmental being, and and I've got this is this is one of mine. I live in my BOL, um, it, but you know what? I still have I still have the possibility of say a big hazmat spill upwind mm -hmm. of me. You know what? It doesn't need to be the end of the world for you to have to bug out. Okay. Yeah, we saw that in Ohio with the the train derailment. East Palestine. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. You know, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. It just has to, happens to be the end of the world where you're at, because the fecal matter has struck the rotary oscillation device in your town. It's time to go. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, you know, I, I've got I've got plenty of gas masks and SCBAs laying around, but you know what? I don't want to live in a in, in a gas mask or an SCBA. My chickens aren't gonna aren't, aren't gonna put up with that. They're just not gonna. They're spoiled. So, yeah. At a certain point, you gotta go. So, environmental circumstances, and it, and it and it doesn't mean that you gotta bug out forever. Okay, it doesn't mean that. Okay, depart, come back. Okay, don't go to the FEMA camp, but depart, come back. All right, <laughs> um, because that might be a little more permanent than you think. Sustainability, uh, the sustainability thing. That's that's something that. Uh, uh, a lot of the time it comes with security, but it's more of a situation of, uh, of it's, it's, it's also kind of environmental as well. So say you are, say your bug out location and you wind up in a huge drought situation and you got no water. It may be a question of it's time to, it's time to bug out to greener pastures, literally. And you're going to have to do some serious planning on something like that. Where are those green, greener pastures? So, yeah, again, it all comes down. It's it's this planning. Build your contingencies in a in a whole series of contingencies. Have those roots, but all of all of your all of your pathways for that, both the decision making pathway and the actual displacement pathway, are all built upon your intelligence assessment. The more you know, the more you can deal with, and knowing is half the battle. The other half involves large quantities of explosives. Well, Mike, you would I know just all add about one other that. thing about the contingencies. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. You know, your contingencies need to be layered. I, you know, I've given this a lot of thought, and that's why bugging out is really a last ditch. I understand East Palestine. I understand social upheaval. The plan is to come back. 
some people think about bugging out is about we're, we're, we're leaving, we're going. Let's just say, and I, and I would say that's the absolute last resort because your odds of long-term survival really are, are very slashed, uh, like I said, especially with the most, most of the experience of most people in the country. But let's say you're going to leave with your truck and a trailer. Well, do you have enough supplies in that trailer where you've already had a contingent of supplies where if you have to ditch the trailer, can you survive from the truck? And do you have other things that you can download off the truck stash later and have a backpack to go from there? Because you still have to make it to whether roads closures or it's a natural disaster or whatever is part of your planning. So having not just a contingency of a plan of where you're going to go and like what Mike said about the routes, but also are your plans adjustable where you can downsize and, and modify and still make it to your objective. And then also, by the way, survive when you get there, whether it's a week or two weeks or a couple of days or whatever. So uh, the more you go down that path, your odds of survival for the long term diminish. So that's something to keep in mind. And I would say when people just throw out this bug out and uh, th th those terms are really thrown around very loosely. And I, I don't think most people have really any kind of in-depth plan or really given it much layered thought uh, for what they actually plan on doing if they did, you know. And that's why and we're I, here at I Survival Dispatch is to, is to yeah. slaughter yeah. those sacred cows yeah. right here in front of everybody. <laughs> and if you don't like it, yeah. Tell us how tell us why. Yeah. But like, subscribe, all comment. that first. Comment. Definitely. Yeah. Well you, you get no, I think I think we're on I think we're on to something good though, because when it when it really comes out to bugging out, let's really talk to those ninety-five percent of people that may need to bug out for the real reasons, and which is a hurricane or some kind of disaster or fires or flooding or something like that. Because as Floridians uh, we have to face that almost every year, if not twice a year or three times a year, where we have to make the decision on whether we're going to bug out with our family and go somewhere else where it's safer and where is that place going to be. And then not only that, but when is the time to decide to bug out? Because everybody knows that if you're if you're around a, 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 a hurricane zone that – if you decide to bug out when it's too late, when you decide to hit the road, guess what else you're gonna, 95% of the people are also doing the same thing. Yeah. So you're stuck, you're stuck in your car and God forbid if you have a, a Tesla or something like that, you know, and you need, you gotta, you gotta get that energy and stuff. But I think Dude. it's paramount that people, yeah, I think it's, it's paramount that people understand that when is that right decision to 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 decide whether you're going to stay or whether you're going to go? Because I, I totally agree what what Mike was saying on the fact that listen, people do not understand when they say we're going to pop smoke and just bug out and get off the grid. What that entails? I mean, it is just like not ninety five percent of the people in the world cannot do that and cannot sustain that. I totally agree with that. But I think with our listeners, what we need to try to focus on and try to just, uh, you know, give them more hope and, and more planning and more prepping uh, the information and the details and the and the information that they need to do that. So I, I totally agree. That's 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 a good point. You know, it's a really good point. There are a lot of myths, obviously, in the prepper community of like, oh, I've got my bug out bag, so I'm good to go. Now, I'm not saying don't have one. You should absolutely right. have one in case you need to just, like you said, pop smoke and bail. Uh, but making that decision for when it's time to bug out versus bug in, I think, is so important. And, you know, the speed at which that needs to be done. I mean, Chris, you just made the video on, uh, you know, your simulated nukes uh, situation, uh, you know, with different disaster scenarios, like how much time do you think we'll have to make that decision before the freeways are jammed up? Uh, I, it's a pretty, you know, small window of opportunity in pretty much every, you know, scenario that you could paint. And if you don't get out of Dodge during that window, when the mat, there's going to be a, a, a period of time, depending on how crazy the event is where, you know, the masses don't know the gravity of the situation. That's the only time that you can feasibly get out of somewhere like Central Florida, uh, because once the masses are aware, it's exactly what Elvis stated. You know, when when Charlie hit us, 
95 and 75 were parking lots all the way to the Carolinas. I mean, it was, it was a massive exodus. So um, I think the key thing though, that everybody else has kind of pointed out just to, it's cliche, it's an adage, but uh, you know, if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's pretty simple. Yep. You know, you're, you're not going to make the best decisions and choices under duress, you know? So that's my, it's all, it, it, it's all about your OODA loop. You know, if you're, you're, yep. and, and that's, that's the big thing you've got your, you know, we're, we're in a situation here where, you know, if, if you've got the information to be able to make decisions, your decision-making process goes faster. So you have an OODA loop that's about this big versus an OODA loop. That's the size of a freaking dinner plate. Okay. So your decision-making process moves significantly faster. And for anybody that's out there that doesn't know an OODA loop is a, is the human decision-making process, observe, orient, decide, act. And that's your that's your little that's your little circle that's how the human brain works and the faster your OODA loop runs the faster you can react and that puts you out ahead of everybody else i think like as far as your OODA loop is concerned the question is do you even have a bug out location you know because if the if today the answer is no well can you find a bug out location you know do you join a you know a mag uh, mutual assistance group. You have family that lives in a rural location, friends that live in a rural location. Is it logistically possible to get there? Um, somebody made a great suggestion a couple of weeks back. I can't recall who it was, but they basically said, you know, if you have a storage unit, move the storage unit to somewhere in a rural area, stockpile it full of stuff. You're paying for that storage no matter what. The shit hits the fan. You've got somewhere to go to that has supplies and can provide you shelter and all that. So I just thought it was like an interesting solution that's not a tremendous amount of money. But again, at the end of the day, I think it was you, Mike, that mentioned it. So if you don't have a bug out location and you have to ev evac your house for whatever reason, say it's we got a hurricane and you're flooded out, whatever the case may be, uh, it, the only option really is to go to a FEMA camp. And that's not too palatable. Right? I think Two, basically, um, you know, you, you, uh, right now, unfortunately, good or bad, I'm the bug out location for a lot of people in my family because they kind of know how my thinking is, right? And I live out in, in the country. And so I have to think about, uh, luckily, we have some facilities that we can put people in. Um, but having a, a place, you start looking at, okay, you have your house, you have your outer perimeter, you have your house, and this is tools for your tool belt. You know, do you have a way to protect those based upon breach coming in if the people from are, are, are coming into your neighborhood? I mean, look what Antifa did in St. Louis uh, with that gentleman guarding his house. That could have turned bad really quickly. Yeah. So what, what is your plan, and especially at night, you know? Um, I, and, I, and I think some of the things, be as, be as self-sufficient as possible. Be out of debt. Do you have an extra set of tires you can slap on your vehicle? Do you have extra gas cans that'll give you at least a week or two worth of fuel that you can travel? Do you have cash on hand? You know, uh, there's a, uh, a podcaster I listen to. He says, have gold, gold, uh, gold gun and a getaway plan, right? The, the idea here is levels of, of thought that as you go down the, this list of things, are you able to, uh, in a way, you know, do you have water stored up like like Mike talked about earlier? Do you, do you have the ability to even have a well on your property? Do you have solar power where you can utilize that um, so where you can uh, be independent while you're bugging in and still making those plans and still having the ability to make decisions while you still have a level head and common sense? Because you're right, in in the middle of duress, you're gonna more than likely can make some very bad decisions pretty quickly, and you become even more vulnerable, you know. And sometimes it may just be better to have have your neighbors come up with an idea where you have a central location where you come to. And sometimes that's just a matter of maybe having a cookout and tell everybody, all right, what are we gonna do if our neighborhood gets inundated? I know that we have a way where we could block our road off, and no one's gonna get back here because there's only one way in and pretty much one way out. And there's a, bu there's a bunch of neighborhoods, there's neighbors back in this area. So there, there is a way to control access and things like that. I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty heavy duty decision-making right there to do stuff like that. But are you, are you willing to take your mind there as just 
onset conversation. You know, what are we going to do as a group? Well, you know, 2011, uh, we had we had the uh, the big tornado swarm here in northern Alabama. And I mean, it shut everything down for about 10 days. And the sheriff's department would come by once a day and check on us. And we we went ahead and enacted a, uh, a neighborhood patrol and had two people. Uh, they would walk up and down the road every all day 24 hours a day and if they were if they were going to be taking a break they were going to take a break at the entrance of the community and we checked in with the sheriff's department every day they were happy with us everything was good no worries no 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 nothing but we had coordinated with them in advance and they knew yeah that's just one area that we're just not going to have to deal with so yeah uh working with your neighbors on this stuff in advance but um i i, I do want to i do want to say one thing on the on the plans Plans are great, but if you take all your plans, you mark them all top secret, you put them in a folder, and then you shove them in a you shove them in a box, mark you know super duper top secret, and nobody else knows about the plans but you. Yeah, that's a problem. Okay, you need to take those plans. Those plans need to be briefed to everybody in the family so everybody knows what's going on. And then, and I understand, you know, some people are like, oh, but my opsec, whatever. Okay, we're 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 not we're not handling nuclear secrets here. Okay, all right. This this is not a this is not a, a an E and E situation where if one person gets caught, you know, they're going to blow it for the whole crew. Whatever. Okay, that's not that. Um, yeah, everybody needs to be briefed on that. Anybody that is going to be involved needs to be briefed on that. And even the in laws. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> maybe not everybody. Yes. <laughs> 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 no. Honey, did you brief them? Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, that, 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 that talks about when you talk about plans. Also, comma was a big thing. I mean, I, you know, uh, and I believe in it, and I do it. I have I have some satellite phones that I've dispersed out. Yep. And um, I mean, I've used those when I was in the military, and, and that's a great way. If you can establish communication, that's a pretty secure method, and it's not in the typical network. And you can tell people to go to go to. Uh, Go to the code word plan that we talked about, right? You don't even have to say it if you don't want it, as long as they know the plan, like Mike was saying, you know. Yeah, I think you, you need to do dry run that has code words on it. I mean, it depends on how how deep you want to do it if you're willing to be committed to it. But like I said, you know, that that, that can kind of go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Going going <laughs> back to going back to what Mike was saying about you know getting established with the local law enforcement uh, in in especially when it came to natural disasters, uh, I, I had a lot of experience doing that too because I used to do some patrols off during Katrina, and we got hired on by a company to just do. There were some valuable estates that we would go on, around and and protect, and because. These, piece, these people had nice homes and in their nice homes, they had nice paintings and what happens doing all these kinds of, you know, in Katrina, there was everything. I mean, there was uh, just crimes against humanity, for God's sakes. And then there was a lot of looting and people would go into these houses and steal their silverware and their fine jewelry and everything like that, anything that they could. Um, and so we would, and even in Mexico Beach more recently, uh, when, when Mexico Beach over here in Florida got hit, I mean that place got just just disseminated, but uh, but there were some stuff that was they were still structured and they still was a lot of looting in the outside cities uh, because that whole region was out of power for like I want to say almost thirty days if not longer, and so we we definitely developed a rapport with the local police department, and one thing we were finding out is like you know they, they, when 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 events like that happens. We were we were on the good side, and we were able to we, you know we were the people that were escorting and helping out uh, the the hospitals and getting the nurses the fuel. We were escorting the fuel trucks. We were taking care of the generators. We were taking care of all the assets that these these places needed to keep running. But um, it, it, desperate times calls for desperate measures, and when it when when they started looting. And uh, they they would get brave, and they would they would try to they they'd come up with different ways to fuel their vehicles, or you know they they find the guy the, these nurses that we were we would fuel their their uh, their vehicles in. They would follow them home, and then they they would wait till they go to sleep and siphon the fuel out of their vehicles so 
guess what? We had to go rescue them. Um, it, it's, it's people, people can get, um, when they're desperate, they, they, they get innovative too. So let's not forget that. And, and it's little things like that, that you have to protect and watch out for, because the one thing that's going to go up is crime and it's not crime. It, it's crime for uh, out of desperation. And that's what these people are doing because it, it, it's, it, uh, th that's the most, uh, the most, accessible threat that's going to happen within the first two weeks of any kind of natural disaster that I've seen from my experience. I've always said if, if people are willing to shoot each other or get in a fight over a TV on Black Friday, what are they mm -hmm. going to do when things are really bad? And you, you've seen right. it. You that's know? right. Uh, I think so, the extension to Mike's comment of having a plan and briefing everybody on it is to do dry runs and practice it because that will reveal, you know, the weak spots in your plan mm -hmm. and then one step further. So when Denny and I did the, the, you know, the nuclear simulation bugging out from central Florida to our remote cabin in the mountains, we pulled Mike into the conversation. So, and, and he interspersed his comments throughout that video, uh, correcting some stuff, some decisions that we made that weren't optimum you know, and enlightening us to stuff. Cause you, you know, you can't see the forest cause the trees are in the way. Right. And so right. having a third party, who's got a, you know, a, a counter perspective and has the chops to kind of back it up is invaluable. So I would, I, we preach it over and over again, right? Like practice the way you're going to play. You got to mm -hmm. practice. If it's like thinking fine. you're going to, it's like thinking that, uh, you know, Monday through Thursday, there's no football practice, but Friday night, you're still going to win the game. That ain't going to happen. No, definitely not. You got to run through these at least once or twice so you have an idea. Because if you have this idea that you're just going to put on your bug out bag and go into the woods and live off the land, um, I think it's going to be a short lived bug out, uh, to, to say the least. Uh, because, you know, kind of like what Elvis was talking about, you know, when all the, you know, the, the left wing woke folk are running out of ramen noodles and microwave dinners, they're, they're going to be coming looking. Uh, and you got to be prepared for that. So I uh, just and keep following. The yeah, oh yeah, I soy. forgot the tofu. I forgot oh, the tofu. Right. And and the soy lattes. Yeah, uh, be like when I ran away as a kid with my 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 teddy bear and some vanilla wafers, I think it lasted about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Probably about 10 minutes longer than most. Yeah, you had to so, come to that decision of this is not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't even know where free range nilla wafers are. <laughs> Where's the nilla wafer plant? <laughs> oh gosh, no, that's good now. One thing that, you know, we kind of hit on was, you know, developing a community and things like that. And this is a question that gets raised a lot in the prepper community. Uh, and Elvis, I'd like to get your opinion on this because, I mean, you've worked with a lot of different groups. Sounds like you've done like intergroup, you know, things like that before. How can people start building a community so that they have like-minded individuals around them? Get out and learn to know your neighbors. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's weird how, you know, 20 years ago, when my when I was a kid and and I, I knew all my neighbors I knew I knew everybody in my street uh, all the kids played with each other uh, nowadays uh, especially people with uh, that live in apartments and communities like that they don't know who their neighbor is and it's because you know people move and go like frequently and everything like that but uh, when you, if you're an established community then the first thing is is just get out there and, and know your neighbors know your surroundings and. In most cases, people usually tend to move into uh, the zones or the particular uh, demographics that they're a part of, like, or their their um, communities are usually, like, I live in Florida, and uh, everybody here where, where in my community is pretty much on the same same moral standards and high grounds of, of, of uh, uh, political political like likeness let's call it and uh i think that's that's one of the strongest things that you can do and then once once you establish that then it's just like some of the other guys were saying get involved with your local community and your community leaders uh if you have an hoa fee or an hoa uh be a part of that uh that way you know you know uh you know who's running your place uh, and get to know your sheriffs and, um, you know, get involved in, in, in the politics that are happening around you. Uh, that's that you if you want to be that kind of citizen, then be an example and be be something like that to uh, to your community. That, that and that's that's where it comes. 
That's where it starts. That's where everything starts. Your family, your community, and then from there. I found I met a lot of a lot of very influential people when when I moved into this area. I became a scout leader. Yeah. And the first thing we do did was throw away the BSA book and said, "Okay, we're gonna we're we're gonna use the BSA book from 1968." <laughs> and and I'll tell you hmm. what, the people here loved it. I didn't get a single complaint from anybody except Greater Alabama Council, hmm. and they That's still didn't stop us. They just kept saying, "You know, you're not supposed to do that." Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do about it? Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's great, guys. Uh, no, really good thoughts there on that. I think it's so important to have that people, those p- type of people around you if you can. Obviously, we know a lot of people, you know, live in urban situations. Lots of people still live in cities, but that doesn't mean that you can't get out there and, you know, just be more involved. Even if you're in an apartment complex, you can, uh, you know, and usually there's places to grill out uh, or someplace like that. Or you could go to a local park with some of your neighbors, be like, Hey, let's, let's have a picnic together. Let's, uh, you know, get the kids together and play something like that. Uh, just so you can get to know those folks a little bit better, because it's so important when things go down, you, you can't stay up 24 seven to, you know, patrol your, your area. You have to have other people to do it. Uh, I, I know we like this, this concept of a, you know, like I said earlier, the myth of bugging out and living off the land, but it's just not feasible because you got to sleep at some point. It's not sustainable either. Yeah. You know, yeah, you I, I mean, you, you can only be, you can only be a hunter gatherer for so long, you know, it's just, it, you know, you, you'll wind up having a, you're going to wind up having a, to continue wandering because an area is going to play out real quick and, and subsisting off the land is only really feasible pretty much about seven, eight months out of the year anyway. So yeah, no, that's what agriculture is for. Definitely. definitely. All right. Well, let's wrap this up, guys. Uh, I want to get your final thoughts on this, you know, making the decision when to bug out, when to bug in. Uh, you know, Chris, let's we'll start. We started with you, so we'll finish with you as well. What are your, you know, your final thoughts on this topic? And, you know, how can we be better prepared to make sure that we're ready to make that decision? Well, I think every decision we make in life is the same. First thing you do is decide what you want. Next thing you do is decide what you're willing to give up to get it. So, you know, just to reiterate it as a, as just the baseline, if you don't have a location to bug out to, then it's probably a pretty dangerous prospect to do so. So at this point in time, before the shit does hit the fan, it'd be a good idea to find some, you know, location. I, the video we just did, Mike's simulation of the nuke stuff, right? And there were people saying, you know, the chances of you getting from Central Florida to the Blue Ridge Mountains are really slim. And my reply to that is, well, if we face certain annihilation here in Central Florida, I'm going to roll the dice and do the best I can to get to a location that's 500 miles away. It's the lesser of all the evils, but we still have a destination. So if you don't have a destination, you should define a destination, whether it be the stuff that we've mentioned earlier in this video. Maybe you have a trailer, where, where like an RV, where is it parked? Is it, uh, you know far enough away that you can get away from the bad stuff, but close enough that you can feasibly get there, things like that. But again, if you don't have a bug out location, I think bugging out is pretty, during SHCF is probably a pretty bad decision. Jeff, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I'm I'm one of those left field guys. So, uh, you know, uh, my thought is this. I think most people, when they think about bugging out, they're, they're thinking about when we, when we hear that term nowadays, I'm not going to let the gulag get me and throw me in a FEMA camp and I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. And I think we, 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 we base it upon this apocalyptic world. I'm, I'm of i I'm of a more spiritual belief. I believe that, you know, in second Chronicles, it says, if, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray and seek my, my face and I will heal their land, forgive their sin. Um, my thought is, let's, I think the most powerful place a man can be, is in God's word and on his knees asking God to move because right now the FEMA camps and everything that people like slough off in, in some places, look what they're doing around the world is a reality. And so I think we need divine intervention in, in our country to get rid of these evil people who have, who have stolen our country from us. And then we can start 
doing some real things. I'm a big fan of bugging in because I think bugging out is going to be the probably one of the most difficult decisions unless you have a place where you live half the year, so on and so forth. I think most people need to solidify their areas, know their neighbors, like Elvis was saying, and be ready to, um, you know, stand guard. So quick comment, you know, I agree with you, Jeff, that there's been some uh, evil forces at play in our country for many decades now. And a lot of it can be traced back to, you know, people who have a globalist view of the world. All you have to do is, you know, really follow the money. And part of that is that they poisoned our food supply. So, you know, during the 1980s, most of us on the panel here recall when there was a war on fat, the FDA, you know, war on fat, fat's bad for it's going to kill you, blah, 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 blah. Well, when you take fat out of food, it tastes like shit. So you end up putting sugar in it. So the difference between what an American consumed in sugar per day in 1980 versus now is an order of magnitude difference. You're talking many pounds of sugar consumed by Americans. Why did the why did the food producers, you know, again follow the money? Why did they want to, you know, pull the fat out and put the sugar in? Sugar lights up the cerebral cortex the same way cocaine does. It's even processed the same way that cocaine is. So it's super highly addictive. So where I'm going with this, and people have heard me mention this before, 40% of Americans are obese, 32% of Americans are considered overweight. Put children and disabled on top of that, you're probably looking at about 80% of the American population could not bug out if their life depended on it. They physically are unable to do it. And we don't preach the physical, you know, health, nutrition, conditioning side on survival dispatch because that's a guaranteed way to destroy your channel because people will just turn you off. But the fact of the matter is, it's probably the number one reason that people will die pretty quickly during an SHTF event because they're physically in such a poor state that they realistically, they can't move. They can't defend themselves and they're sitting ducks, you know? So you can add the mercury into the mercury and that's put into the food and it's not from fish. You know, the, the highest concentrated mercury is in quicker instant oatmeal to go. It deadens the, 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 uh, the brain cells. And then you look at propylene glycol uh, in your deodorant, which makes men develop estrogen. Right. We don't need fluoride in our water either. That was how they made the yeah. couch potatoes in the movement. We learned that in Operation Paperclip. You know, how do you create a couch potato? Put sodium fluoride in their water. Right. You know, and how do you get away from that now? You know, so I got time to slide over here, grab my tinfoil hat and put it on just for this segment. Of the oh, listen, you know, at the end of the day, if it's, if it's true, it's not a conspiracy, right? And the, the fact is all that stuff is vetted out. We're about to go into another show. <laughs> I think so. Uh, there's, I think so, so. Many, there's so Let's many. Focus. There we go. All right. Chris is, Chris is loaded. Was loaded. All right, Elvis. All right, I'm ready for it. All right, Elvis, finish this out here. What What are your thoughts on bugging in, bugging out? I've got a family to protect, so for me, it's easier to uh, to stay in. Stay in. I've got I've safeguarded my house to the point where I've got everything I need. I got my uh, supplies, which I have an abundance of cash. I have ammo and guns, and I not just for myself, but for trade. If I run out of cash, I could always trade ammo. Don't ever get rid of ammo just because you got rid of the gun, because you could always trade the ammo. Um, and then have have your proper supplies that you're going to need to sustain yourself. Uh, that's it. And uh, trust your community. Yeah, absolutely. And if you need ammo, please make sure you check us out at ammo.com. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, Mike, I can't leave you out. Uh, final thoughts on bugging in versus bugging out. So I think the big questions that you, that you also need to ask yourself, and a lot of people haven't done this is one, um, it, and you guys have all talked about it, but what is your bug out location? If yep. your bug out location is I'm going to the national park, that ain't going it's not a, that's, that's not a plan, man. That is not a plan at all. Um, if your plan is, Oh, I'm going to go to my, I'm going to go to my cousin Mike's house because, you know, he's a prepper. He's got all kinds of stuff. Does he know that? <laughs> no. Good question. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm going to go to my ex-husband's or ex-wife's house because, you know, they they live in a farm or something. Really? Is is that a plan? Do they know that? Um, but the, the other big question that you also need to ask yourself is, especially if you've bugged in for a certain period of time and you're going to, you you get to a point where, especially in a security situation where you're like, okay, we are going to have to displace. We've got a bug out. Um, I don't necessarily have specific bug out locations uh, because I'm, I'm 
you know, my plan is to bug in. Um, I have a series of safe havens because I travel all over the country all the time. So I just have a, I mean, I've got a full atlas with safe havens in every state where I know I can go and hang out there at least temporarily. But I think the big question that I have is, is one, you have a bug out location. Do you have a secondary bug out location? If you wind up having to displace, is it close? Is it far? So if I wind up like just generic planning from my standpoint, if I wind up getting ejected out of here on a, on a, on security grounds, right? The biggest thing, the biggest thing is to get as many supplies and all the, uh, all the non-combatants out of here, get them out of here, get them to a safe location, get them established, and then determine whether or not we have the chops to take our place back. And usually, usually, yeah, at that point, I'm going back and I'm taking, I'm taking my place back and then we'll move back in and rebuild from there. Um, but yeah, but if it's an environmental side, whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's, you know, the area is contaminated, anything like that, there's not a whole lot that you can do about that until, until the environmental threat ceases. So, uh, but yeah, my, my biggest points, plan, prepare, plan, prepare. And you know what? drill those things and just like just like we did earlier this week with chris have a third party who's going to run as an evaluator on your plans first have them go over their over your over your written plans shoot them full of holes okay don't get butt hurt it's not personal okay but nobody i understand nobody likes to be told that they're wrong i get it okay but have that third party shoot your written plans full of holes. Adjust your plan from there and then do actual bug out exercises, just like Chris did. And I wasn't even there, Chris. I mean, Im imagine imagine what a complete bastard I would have been had I actually been on location with you guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets ugly, all right? But you know what? I've done it before. I've done I've done bug out exercises with folks before, and it gets up because I'm going to throw curveballs at you, and you know that's one of the things that's one of the things that I like to do. I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Is let's take an exercise, and then I'm going to throw all kinds of curveballs into your plan and see if you are capable of adjusting to those plans. Yeah, being adaptable is so critically important in any disaster situation, uh, and so yeah, have that plan, but be able to divert from that plan if necessary. It's not written in stone. You have to be able to think in the moment. And the best way to do that, like we've been preaching here, is practice. Get out and give it a go. Make sure your plan is set. And uh, kind of like Elvis, I'm more of a uh, bug-in person. I've got, you know, family members. I have a four-month-old myself, so I'm right there with you, Elvis. Uh, and so, you know, having that in place, that changes your plan. Uh, so I think the important thing is to just have your plan ready to go. And it's not going to look like somebody else's. And you know what? That's okay. Because it's your plan. You need to be prepared for your situation because it's unique to everyone else's. I want to thank all of our panelists today. It was an absolutely amazing discussion. I can't wait to have you guys back. Thank you for watching this episode of Survival Dispatch News. If you haven't done so, make sure you get down in the comment section, like, comment, subscribe, click the bell icon, and let us know in the comments what you think you need to plan for in a bug out situation. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one.